What does 25 cents back on every purchase mean to you? A free lunch? That gadget you've been eyeing? A night out with the fellas? With your Premise Perks checking account, you get 25 cents back with every purchase using your debit card and zero ATM, overdraft, or annual fees. With this completely free account, you can watch the money roll in with every swipe and find the freedom to go further with your cash. Premise, the bank that gets it right. Premise is a member FDIC. ATM transactions do not count towards debit card rewards. Okay, welcome everybody to Three Essential Questions. We're so glad to be here again today. I'm Pam Myers with Pam Myers Social Media and my co-host Erica Yoakum with Virtual Personal Assistant. Yay. (laughs) Extraordinaire. (laughs) Um, We do this every Thursday morning at 9.30 and then we showcase the video out all over social media on both of our channels and the um, LGBTQ Chamber uh, Facebook page. So um, today our guest um, is Roberto Apicifoco. Roberto is the producer of the Way Out West Film Festival. It's the largest, um, I I think this is correct, the largest film festival um, in New Mexico, if not the Southwest. and um, normally the film festival takes place over 10 days in October. And because of the COVID-19 situation, it's totally thrown a whole wrench into that scenario like everybody else's. So um, without further ado, I'm going to introduce Roberto. Roberto, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I saw the, I saw the, when she said your last name, so say it there's no, no one can ever really get it 100 percent correct so and there's different ways of saying it but it's a picciafoco or a picciafoco depending okay picciafoco could be a lot easier for people it's italian so it's a picciafoco no it's italian i wouldn't have guessed <laughs> a lot of people don't really of, yeah 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 <laughs> i mean it's right up there with focaccia bread like i'm <laughs> There's a whole lot of Italian in that. You got to do the hand things too. Yes. Well, I do that anyway, but I try to keep it clean. Okay. So our our first question, um, Roberto, (laughs) is what have you learned about yourself uh, through this whole COVID-19 situation? Um, One, that I can sport a beard and grow it. So (laughs) never had a beard in my life. Usually after seven days of scruff, I'm like, it's too much. So I'm like, I'm going to do it throughout this whole thing and see how it goes. And whatever it's been, like 70 days, it's, and I'm like kind of digging it. So I'm like, you know, a little Santa Clausy, but you know, it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. You're very on trend. You're very on fashion. It's, I might be behind a few years. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. Um, other than that, you know, it's, um, I've been running the festival working from a home office for the last 17 years. So for me, it's something that I've already had integrated into my life. So other than working satellite, like at coffee shops or whatever, I mean, the majority of the film festival is just, you know, one employer, two employees. And then like over 50 volunteers. So generally everybody's like working from home anyway. So it hasn't really changed too much of that dynamic. 
Um, but you know, I haven't gone to coffee shops and I haven't gone to meetings and all my meetings are now virtual. So it's, but again, it wasn't like a big jolt, you know, like it was like, you know, everybody else could see how I've been living for the last 17 years, you know, and see how they deal with like working from home. And it's a challenge for sure. You know, you have to actually like set time to work at home and then time to walk away from it. And sometimes walking away from it's not that easy. So probably people are, a lot of people are probably overworking than they have been in the past because <laughs> they can't put it behind them, you know? Right. Always there. I know for Erica and I, I mean, not, I mean, this is kind of our norm. So we haven't changed all that much. Um, but it has impacted so many people so greatly and not and many people don't adapt as well to it like right. you said well they do i mean now we're going into the third month so mm-hmm. some of those folks are getting used to it and, and may even enjoy doing that and probably don't want to go back to work and keep working from home is what i've been seeing that right. has been happening so i i had a client who was freaking out because she had her two small children at home with her now so not only is she working from home but she's got school age but young like like first and second graders in the background and so she was kind of freaking out about that i've homeschooled for uh, 17 years i don't know it's long forever i've been homeschooling forever so i whenever i hear that i'm like oh let me can i get a i get all excited can i give you some advice and that type of thing gave her a few pointers things that i've learned over the years she checked back in with me she loves it. She's going to, going forward, this is how she, her kids are now going to be schooled. She's going to homeschool permanently because wow. she realized that her kids are way smarter than, than she thought they were. They pick up <laughs> things quicker. And it, well, I mean, it's really hard if you've got 30 kids in a classroom, <clears throat> you have to teach till everybody gets it. You can't just move on when five kids get it. Right. But when there's one or two kids in the class, you teach until they get it, then you move on. Right. So, you know, that's why I've got a, a junior doing trigonometry because he just keeps going. <laughs> the school year doesn't matter as much anymore. So I think that's, and, and I say this every week, but I, the, the, I'm, I'm appreciating the adaptation that people are making the, making lemonade out of the lemons. They're, they're figuring out how to make it work and, 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 due to having to make it work they they're they're figuring it out i i I, it's and they may stay that way too they may decide like if they can to whatever changes that they made implement them for future for future long you know whenever and companies are saying like uh you know twitter they're they they can work from home forever now that's a thing now they don't have to ever go back to the office if they don't want to and I, I think that the technology is here that we can successfully, well, obviously those of us who've been doing it for a long time are like, yeah, we've been saying this for a long time. It's still productive. Yeah. And I think <laughs> have been proven that working, you know, satellite or from home have been able to be just as productive, if not more. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Right. I tell clients, you may get an email from me at 11 o'clock at night, but that's because the house is finally quiet and, and all that doesn't mean I'm up at in the office at eight o'clock in the morning, as Pamela test. Erica doesn't do eight a.m. So, <laughs> but you know, it's it's there's a freedom to it too that I think others are are catching on to. They're realizing that that and the and the commute 
the, the, I don't have to get up, get dressed, make myself beautiful, get in a car, drive somewhere. You know, for me, that's right. 40 minutes into Albuquerque that I don't have to do for meetings. Right. So hopefully, well, I, I, I hope the new normal is more like our normal has been. <laughs> yeah. Again, it's been very, it's, it's changed very little for me in that respect, you know, other than like meeting face to face. That's basically the, the majority part of it now. Mm-hmm. So, well, question number two, is you've already answered, is how do you respond, how have you responded to this? And that, so, really, you're, it's just been to carry on and to carry on, right? I mean, you're, you're, you just keep doing what you're doing. Well, in terms of, you know, this is producing a film festival, an LGBT film festival every year. Um, it's a matter of, like, how every component has been affected by COVID. So, you know, film festivals starting past March have canceled or have postponed. So South by Southwest was one of the first ones. So that's one of the festivals that we look at when we do programming. Our programming starts in January. So our submissions went up in January and we started accumulating submissions since then. And we've gotten a few, they've definitely dropped in April and in May. Um, But that's usually how we, you know, go through some of our film programming. The other parts are we solicit films from film festivals that are happening. So this month would have been uh, Seattle International. We would have also gone through um, the one in France and Berlin and a bunch of other festivals. And the big ones would be happening in June and July are in San Francisco and um, Los Angeles, which is Outfest and uh, San Francisco LGBT um, International Gay and Lesbian. And they decided to postpone. So they haven't canceled. So the ones that all the programmers, there's a lot of fall festivals um, in the country. And a lot of the LGBT ones are in the month of October. So those two big ones that we would go to and, you know, solicit films that we would decide whether or not they they screen at our festivals are now being pushed back to the fall. So they're going to be on roughly our dates. So we can't count on those as programming. So we're just going to do what we normally do and deal with our film distribution. But everything's slowed down. Film industry in general has slowed down. It hasn't come to a complete halt. Um, But a lot of filmmakers and distribution companies are just trying to decide whether or not they want to release in 2020 or if they want to push everything back to 2021. So people are deciding and changing their ideas about that. So, you know, we may not have as many as like 400 submissions to decide from. We usually program like 75 to 90 films every year. So maybe instead of 400, we may only have 200 or 150. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, we don't know. I mean, we still have till October. Technically we close everything out in September um, you know, to get the schedule out and, you know, start marketing by like mid to end of September, like two to three weeks before the film festival happens. So we're just pivoting like a lot of film festivals are and a lot of film festivals I've met with online. We had a meeting about two weeks ago, like, what are we doing? Everyone's moving forward. Everyone's having their festival in October, September, August. Um, but what will the pivot actually be? So some of them are going completely virtual. Um, that's a possibility for us. So we're investigating that, like what platforms are out there to do just a virtual film festival. Um, 
But at the same time, the movie industry supposedly is going to get slowly back up and running in July um, with releases and movie theaters opening up. So depending if there's a second wave or it just depends on what's happening, um, we may be doing on-site as well because we normally use our only independent film theater that we have in Albuquerque, which is the Guild Cinema. And they've been shuttered since all this. And, you know, they would like to reopen. But movie theaters are one of the hardest hits right now. So people are going to, you also have to get through the mentality of like, are you going to be safe going into an enclosed room to watch a movie? And how are they going to also pivot to accommodate people and make them feel safe? You know, so sometimes rows could be cut off or whatever. So capacity could be cut down to 50% high. high. Food is probably going to be, you know, I don't want anyone to, to, you know, you see those kids with the popcorn, you know, I'm thinking. All those things are being considered, I'm sure, by the movie theaters. And for us, we're going to have to consider like, you know, tickets, anything, hard copies, like anything, you know, like how, how do we circumvent or find an alternative. So I think virtual is going to be a big part of this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we may do is we may do our screenings on both platforms, virtual and on site. So it just depends on what's going to be happening in the next, you know, we're talking October, so we're still like less than five months out, but so much has happened in like the last three months that it's <laughs> changing, you know? My kid is actually doing watch parties with friends via Zoom. They, one of them cracks it up and shares a screen and they sit and watch a movie together because they can't go to the movies together anymore. So, Well, for us, it's going to be a little bit different because we're going to have to use platforms that cater to doing film premieres. So kind of in the vein of like, you know, Netflix, but we're not going to be able to, you know, show a movie and it's just going to be up and running for like a month or for, you know, it's going to be a set time frame. So it's like you're going to the movie um, but you're going to be doing it online and you're only going to be able to watch it between this time and that time. So we have, wow. so all those things are, we're just investing. We're like, this is all new to us. So we're investigating. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's a- and these companies have been coming out that have been facilitating this. And some of them have been around for like a, a couple of years, but now they are getting a lot more focus and exposure than they ever have before for because of this and this is how film festivals are adapting across the country across the world actually so a lot of festivals are deciding not to cancel but postpone and change the way that film screening happens yeah. so we have to take into consideration like how all the mechanics are going to work as far as someone going onto our website you know buying a ticket or buying a pass how they're going to access that movie for how long do they have that access all those things wow. Lots of logistics. Yeah, so it's 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 going to be challenging, but at the same time, it's also kind of interesting, and it's just changing things up, you know. And it could be something that's going to be a mainstay. It could be something that we might be doing right, a hybrid, right? You know, moving forward or doing some events on virtual. Because I've been thinking about doing some things virtual for at least a few years. Maybe doing our short film packages. as an online thing. So this is pushing us in that direction. But at the same time, it's also really nice because it's like once we get to a point where community can come together, because this is a community event, but it's also an arts event, 
And it's like, you know, it's, it's nice when you're there with people talking and discussing movies that, that you have seen, you know, that are premiering and, right. you know, what's happening and how are filmmakers, especially queer filmmakers, adapting and discussing what's been happening in our world. And this is a big part of it. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot of that, not just this year, but next year. I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> so you said um, that you usually start getting submissions in January and reviewing submissions, but many people may not know what that means. So can you help us to understand what are submissions? Those are your, the films that you're considering putting in the film festival, correct? And yes. then how... Who, who reviews them and how are they reviewed? Because I think that's a pretty interesting process. So we start, we have a screening committee and it usually runs anywhere um, about 12 to 16 people every year. Usually we've already started this. So we are now um, getting our screening up and running, hopefully by next Friday. So by the, by the first week in June, usually we're up and running by mid-May. Mm-hmm. But we've accumulated these film submissions that there are online portals that uh, people, it's, called, it's directed for film festivals and filmmakers, and they decide where they're going to submit their films, the filmmakers. So when they see LGBT film festivals, they submit their films through that. And that's one way that we get a lot of our films to be considered. The other is us looking at film festivals. So January starts the film festival season which starts with Sundance and um, Palm Springs International. They're both in January. They happen. They, this is, they happen before um, COVID. And then um, I'm trying to think, there was probably another film festival that happened in February as well that we look at. So we have a little bit. So we look at those films. We start contacting the filmmakers or the companies, the distribution companies. So we solicit films as well as have um, online submissions. So they come from two different places. One that we actually go after and say, can you please submit your film? And then people just submitting their film. And then what we do with the screening committee is that we, the screen committee runs about three months. Um, usually May, the beginning films. of August. Yeah, it's going to take a while to go through. Well, usually when we're dealing with about 400 films, 16 people helps really spread that out because not everybody's looking at 400 films. Right. You know, they're only seeing, you know, 20% or 25% of it, you know. So they're usually tag teamed as partners. Actually, not even partners. When we used to have physical copies, it used to be two people. Now it's three people per team and everything is digital. So they get us a, a link and they watch it on their own time at home and then they write about it. So they all have weekly homework and they discuss it and they rate it. And then I compile all that data. And then, cause I can't look at 400 films either. So the screening committee helps, you know, break down the top, say 100 out of those 400 yeah. films. Those are the ones that I look at. And those are the ones that generally make it into the film festival. So, Are these the same 16 people every year? Um, generally, they no. So we usually have about two or three new newbies. Um, but the majority, it's like 80% come back every year. Um, and they enjoy it. Some of, them, some, some of our screeners have been with us for 10 years. Wow. Sometimes they take a year off and then come back. I, I, 
I suspect as I'm talking to them, most of them are going to be back because, you know, they have more time on their hands. I was going to say, what else are they doing? <laughs> but also at the same time, we're going to have a very smaller flow of, you know, instead of giving them their max is six hours a week of viewing. So they may have maybe two hours a week or something like that. But, you know, it's happening, but everything is at a smaller crawl. So, you know, once everything completes itself around August, we'll decide, we'll have more of an idea of what the scope of the film festival is going to take, you know, as well. And you know, like how, many, how many films are you getting? How many submissions, what's the percentage of films that actually make it versus the number of submissions that you received, received um, in general? It's about average. 20 to 25%. So, okay. you know, if we're getting about 400 submissions and we do about 80 films, we'll just round it up to 100. That's 25%. So it's, it's a little under 25%, you know, mm -hmm. because, you know, like everything out there, I mean, we love our queer filmmakers. Um, but when we're trying to program, we're looking at not just content and story, we're looking at execution, we're looking at production, we're looking at all these levels and like how the story is told. Like there can be great ideas out there, but maybe not told in a very um, creative or, or a way that makes it a little challenging for the viewer to stay involved or, or engaged. So you know, it's like as much as we love to show everything, you know, that's just not the way it works. So, you know, and, and some of them are just learning their craft. So some of them are starting. Um, so it'll be interesting in, in a programming sense how this also changes the way we program. We may be doing more short programs this year. I don't know. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, right. So that just still remains to be seen when they, things are going to change and evolve as we get through the next month. Um, that brings us to the third question. And what are things look like on the other side of this for you and for the film festival? And I question before you launch an answer on that. What um, you talked about the ticketing process, something like being, it might be like Netflix, so you'll have to charge ticket prices to the viewers to be able to participate in the film festival. Is that how it's probably going to work? Well, so we don't know. So we're yeah. going to be investigating all these new platforms because we usually have online ticketing. And last year was really interesting where advanced ticketing surpassed on-site sales. So we did about almost 60% advanced sales which is for albuquerque new mexico that's pretty you know yeah. it, it's, it's it's not like the norm so i think people have slowly and slowly have been going and buying more tickets online um in general but we may be looking at how our online ticketing services are going to change based on whatever platform to create a virtual film festival works so you know, because we have pass holders, we have member sales, all those things are things that we have to look into consideration and like how we're going to do it. So, you know, I, I, the little bit that I've researched so far on these virtual platforms is that, you know, the person gets the link or something like that, and they have a certain amount of time to review or watch the film. Um, 
but it's also going to be within a specific time as if you're going to a movie theater, but your movie theater is your house. So whether you're going to be watching a movie between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. or whatever. So all that stuff is, wow. you know, that's what we're in research mode right now. You know? But it's doable, it's possible, and we're not going to be the first film festival doing it. Um, so moving forward, it just feels like that is going to be part of, or in some capacity, always going to be part of our future going forward, you know? I mean, things always change. I mean, like, when the festival started back in 2003, our review films were people sending in mail of VHS tapes. So, you know, it's, that was 17 years ago, and then eventually became DVDs. And now we haven't received, it's been at least four years that we are now all digital as far as our submissions, our film submissions. We, we don't receive hard copies. So. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, so I guess we can look at this as just another growth, another growth spur. Evolution, yeah. It's just, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I mean, how long has Netflix been around? And before then, it's like mail-in DVDs. And, you know, right? like, uh, yeah. it has been leading up to this virtual world. Whether you like it or not, that's mm-hmm. just kind of how things are going. You know, I miss the days of going to video stores. You know, I was for people that know what that is, you know. And- I don't, because I was always the schmuck who got there after all the good ones were gone. And they'd had all the <laughs> video covers there, but there was no movie behind it. Oh, that's so disappointing. Oh, it <laughs> so, is. I think we've all been slowly, you know, um, learning that this is how our world or our commerce or you know, how things are going to be going, whether it's, you know, movies or books or music, you know. Um, but it's always cool, like, if there's, like, something old school. And it's, like, I really hope movie theaters always exist, especially independent ones like the Guild Cinema. Because right. it's just, you still want to see your community live and about interacting with each other because we're social creatures by habit. So seeing you know, that, one right. of the that we were talking about and one of the things that I've been seeing, you know, how, whether it's going to happen in New Mexico or not is the use of dr- the, the return of drive-in theaters. Yes, I was just going to say, yeah, I'm seeing that, that more and more drive-ins and I'm thinking, yay. Cause Oh my gosh, they're, I so miss the drive-in, especially those with little kids. Cause it was great to have that. They could crap out in the back of the car, you know, all of that, but yeah, and then, but you have to defend it in terms of how it's working with COVID, you know, how is that, how is that going to work? Because basically you're going to just stay in your car. You're not going to be able to deal with food or what about using laboratories or anything like that. So it's just, yeah. so I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting, but you know, there is an old drive-in theater that existed back in the eighties and nineties, early nineties that's in the South Valley of Albuquerque. And they've been talking about, it came out in the news like about a year, year and a half ago that they're trying to get it up and running again. Oh, wow. So, wouldn't it be cool to do a big old gay film at, the, at a wouldn't drive-in, it? you know? Oh my gosh, that'd be a blast. Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be. Yeah. That's yeah. our idea that nobody take it. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And to go yeah, back right and, here. <laughs> right, to go back and touch upon what you said about art um art, art theaters like those small theaters you don't see the mainstream 
films. You see all different kinds of films that you would never typically see at a regular movie theater. And that's what's um, really, I mean, that's what I appreciate for those small little theaters like the Guild that we have in Albuquerque. Right. And, and, then, and the same thing with film festivals. Film festivals are geared to showing you what's up and coming before some of these films pick up a distribution company. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get to see films first and some films that you may never see, you know, up until year, a few years ago, you know, shorts weren't something that you could see outside of a film festival. And for the most part that still exists, but you know, like platforms like Amazon, um, I don't, I haven't seen too much on it on Netflix, if any, but you know, they're beginning to show shorts and some of them are LGBTQ uh, films that are coming out. And some of the films that we premiere may not even come out on streaming on one of the larger platforms like Netflix or Amazon or Hulu Mm -hmm. um, until like three to six or nine months or sometimes a year later. So film festivals always end up showing new voices earlier Mm -hmm. um, through audiences that support, you know, the arts, especially the LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we can't thank you enough for bringing it to our great city because without you, we wouldn't have it here. Thank Uh, you. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that is that is correct <laughs> and I love doing it and that's a part of reason as we're getting close to 20 years of doing this you know it's it wouldn't happen if the support um, hasn't been here and the support from our audience uh, the support from our members the support from our donors or support from the um, from our sponsors and, and city and county um, through the year, people want to make sure that this happens and comes back every year. And, you know, it's, it's always very challenging, but it's something that has been able to be sustainable and has continued to grow and pivot as, you know, things change through the years, as things go digital and things, you know, or we're going through a pandemic, you know, it's like we're, you know, we're, our mission is to continue to bring LGBTQ media arts to New Mexico on an annual basis. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. 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 And if somebody wants to get involved, wants to volunteer, how do they do that? Um, so they can go to our website. Um, the website is still has last year's information, but there's still um, contact information for volunteering. So it goes directly to an email and they may even have a form that may be, needing to be updated, but it still has all the basic information as far as like what your interests are, whether it's being part of a screening committee, if you're wanting to help on marketing, because we're probably going to be doing a lot more social media marketing this year than we've done in in the past years. We've been doing more and more every year, uh, but since we're probably going to be living in more of a virtual world this year than any previous edition, we're probably going to be doing a lot more social media marketing. And so, what is that? But anybody who wants to volunteer in that capacity, you know, can say, hey, these are, these are my fields of expertise and, you know, I want to help in that capacity. So. And what is that uh, website? Uh, it's um, wayoutwestfilmfest.com or wayoutwestnm.com. So they both go to the, cool. go to the same place. Thank you. Or you can find us on Facebook too. So Way Out West Film Fest.
Sorry about the water bottle. <laughs> Thank you so much for being yes, Nick. No, you're good. <laughs> you're good. Thanks so much for being our and we really taking the time and um, you know educating the audience and giving them information on the film festival and what's happening. So um, please join us. Uh, watch us next week for our new um, three essential quest. And this one with Roberto will go online either this afternoon or tomorrow. So thanks so much, everybody, again, for joining. Okay. Bye. Thank you. What does 25 cents back on every purchase mean to you? A free lunch? That gadget you've been eyeing? A night out with the fellas? With your Premise Perks checking account, you get 25 cents back with every purchase using your debit card and zero ATM, overdraft, or annual fees. With this completely free account, you can watch the money roll in with every swipe and find the freedom to go further with your cash. Premise, the bank that gets it right. Premise is a member FDIC. ATM transactions do not count towards debit card rewards.